Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you so much for being here with us for another episode of Regarding Consciousness. I am Jennifer K. Hill, founder of om-heals.com, a platform that matches users with energy medicine practitioners around the world, which is how I came to be introduced to this incredible soul today. We have Stephen Alter Shyam, who is an author, spiritual leader. He was actually initiated by the Dalai Lama into the path of Avalokiti Shavara. Shen Jeze Guan Yin, and is just an incredible human being who is breathing love, breathing light in all of his endeavors. He is advisor to many organizations and company. He has facilitated courses around the world. His true loves and passions are his incredible wife and eight-year-old daughter where he lives in Japan. And you can call him Stephen or Altair. I go, I call him back, a little bit of each back and forth. <laughs> and he is one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever had the pleasure of meeting inside and out. Stephen, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much, Jen. Look, it, it is a true and an absolute honor. And to all you who are listening, I'm really deeply honored to be in your presence too, because this is, this is truly a, a very wide ranging discussion on the unified field and consciousness and I thought today we could speak about how to deepen recognition of that because I, I think the podcast or, and, and talk that we're doing is so straight to the heart of what our planet really needs right, right at this moment. So speaking to the heart of consciousness and love and wisdom. So I'm, it's just a great honor to be here with you, Jen, and also to be here with everybody that's participating. So thank you indeed. Mm, thank you so much, my friend. Well, let's start at inquiring minds want to know what is the unified field for those of us who might not already be familiar with it. When, when you look currently at what, what's happening on our planet, I think you're aware that there is this gradual intersection that's coming between science and also our spiritual traditions. People are starting to become aware, oh, actually, they're matching up. They're, me they're meeting at a at that point of intersection. And when we look at the last decade, for example, and theoretical physics itself, we can see there's been an incredible amount of progress made into looking at unified or understanding the unified laws of nature. So I think there, even if we look at that in terms of a wider arc, there's this real desire to unify, not just unify the planet, but unify science, unify spirituality. Even, you know, looking recently at some of the discoveries in the unified field of theories like superstring theory. So all of the theories are actually pointing straight to something that the ancient rishis and seers have known for thousands of years. And that, that, that is that there is just one single universal or unified field. So if you want to put it, put it in simple terms, that the basis of all form and phenomena in the universe is this single universal unified field of which we are obviously part and which we're indivisible from. So at the same time as theoretical physics, for example, is heading down that track. We've also got, uh, as my good 
friend and, and business partner, Kiefer O'Sullivan, speaks about neuroflow. In the field of neuroscience, there's also cutting-edge research that's been going on that reveals this existence of a unified field of consciousness. So we've got this intersection, theoretical physics speaking about unified field theories, neuroscience speaking about unified field of consciousness, and looking at those states, the, the states we're customarily aware of in terms of fields, we're, we're aware of waking states, we're aware of sleeping states, deep sleep, we're aware also of dreaming states, but there's also this fourth state of hu human consciousness, which is physiologically and subjectively distinct from the other three, and that is this unified field or what is often known in meditation as samadhi. So the threefold structure of our waking experience, so that is where we usually have an observer and we have something that's observed and we have the process of observation. So just, I always like to do this practically. When, while you're listening, be aware of the space all around you in the room, right? You can actually be aware of the space. You're aware of it. When you look at an object in your room, for example, you can be very aware that you're a person sitting in a chair and you're looking at something. So that's the observed. And there's a process of observation because if you move your head around to another object, you're actually aware that you're moving in space. And there's a process where you're directing your attention to a different object. Now, in terms of samadhi or the, the fourth state, if you want to term it that way, in samadhi, we are united in an indivisible wholeness. There's a wholeness of pure consciousness, which does not have that observer and the observed and the process any longer. They're, they're not seen as three divided parts of uh, one experience, they're, they're actually united in an indivisible wholeness. Mm -hmm. So what starts to happen is that as we go deeper and deeper into consciousness, we realize we are consciousness. We start to drop into the unified field. We start to recognize that we've never were separate from the unified field. And we start to rest back as this knowing. So if you do this with me now, so look at an object in your room just for a few moments and Put your attention on that object, and you're very aware of that object, probably right at this moment, while I'm speaking to you. If you relax a little bit, almost sit back in your chair, and be aware of the object, the space around the object, and also the knowing of that object, right? And then close your eyes. And at the same time, now as you close your eyes, become aware of a sound. When you become aware of a sound, so at the moment I've got my wife and daughter downstairs and I can also hear a car going past, so I'm aware also there's a knowing of the sound. Just like there was a knowing of the object, now there's a knowing of the sound. And when you open your eyes again, you can also be aware of the space rather than an object, so there's a knowing of the space. Now this uniting as, as knowing is actually, helps you to start to recognize the unified field. You recognize that there is a knowing that is not the object, 
neither is it the observer who's looking at the object, nor is it the process of observation itself. They're all united. And they and at that point you start to recognize, oh, I'm beginning to access this unified field. I'm beginning to understand what knowing consciousness actually means. And that knowing of consciousness can't be measured. It, it can't be named. It's actually a resting back as the knowing rather than going out to the objects and, and so on. Now, now it's easy to relate to the going out to the objects because when you wake up first thing in the morning, Jen, I'm, th I'm sure like many people, so many of us go to the phone or go and, right? So it, we, we're pulled straight out of this knowing and pulled into, oh, what's the email? Or, oh, so-and-so need, needs my attention. So we get pulled out of the knowing and we get actually pulled into the object. And then, of course, there's all sorts of things that can happen. We can get stressed by the pulling out of our, our knowing state. So all, simply because we start to put our attention into the object and we also start to give more uh, energy to the object than actually the knowing state itself. When we're in that knowing state, when we're resting back in this deep rest and this deep openness to everything that is, everything actually arises within that knowing. Just as you were experiencing right there for a few moments, you start to recognize, oh, I can be aware of the, the space around my computer. There's a knowing of that spaciousness. I can also be aware of the objects in my room. There's a knowing of that. And when I rest in that knowing state, there's a settling. I'm no, not, no longer driven by all the objects and all the emails and the news on television and so on and so forth and my friends' demands and my relationships. <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. I'm no longer driven by that. I'm actually just simply resting back as the unified field because I'm no longer seeing the division or the separation. I'm no longer based in duality. Uh, I'm actually resting back in a non-dual state where I don't see any separation. I'm you, you're me, we're the cosmos. And the cosmos is actually conscious through us and in us. And we are that spark of the stars. We're literally the spark of the cosmos inside us. We are that light of awareness that sh shines on everything. So we actually start to rest as that unified field. So that is, you know, then then we start to realize, oh, now I understand why in in the bigger arc of consciousness, why field, field theories in physics are starting to move this way and why the whole unified field of consciousness and uh, neuroscience is starting to move that way because we're actually asking the same fundamental questions. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? What is my relationship to the cosmos? Are we really that separate at all? And once you start to rest back in, in that kind of deep inquiry, you start to actually ask fundamental questions regarding your relationship between everything. And you start to recognize, I'm not the body. I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my feelings. They're all stories. We've been making up those stories from our habitual responses to external phenomena for our entire life. So you stop and you start to recognize and ask the question, who am I and what lies beyond all this external phenomena? I remember I was in, you know, different groups this past week and I always point out to, especially scientists, that 
we are not even aware of the illusion of our external phenomena. For example, the Earth at the moment is, is spinning, but we're not aware of that. We're not aware of this rotation around the sun. We're not aware of it speeding through the gal galaxy at hundreds of millions of miles per hour. We, to us, this seems stable when in fact the cosmos is moving at an extraordinary rate. So the, the illusory nature of our perception actually is pulling us out all the time to believe certain things that actually, frankly, are an illusion. So we start, you know, when, when I'm asked about, oh, well, how, how does this affect you? And, how, how do, and I show them brain data from my, I've been researched by many companies over the years. And uh, re recently there was a science and engineering con uh, conference at which Dentsu Science Jam published a whole lot of um, data regarding myself and comparisons with three groups of meditators throughout Japan. And because I can access the non-dual state within a very short amount of time, thanks simply to the blessings of the many wonderful lamas and te teachers, including His Holiness the Dalai Lama, that I've accessed over, you know, 30, 40 years, that I can show on, on data in a graph how... Um, brain waves will actually shift within 60 seconds and how they can also potentially, as Satguru found, you know, give the impression that you're dead <laughs> because, <laughs> because the, the, the scientific measurements can't measure where you go. So I've got data where, my, where the, the meditators they're measuring against me in Japan are showing increasing lengths of concentration or increasing levels of concentration, whereas my graph goes high up into a gamma state and then when they asked me, I dropped at all states altogether, and there's simply no, there's a vast negative drop <laughs> in their measuring system. The scientists say, how do you do that? I said, well, well, simply, I'm, I'm in, in the sky of my mind. I rest back in that sky of pure existence, and I basically, for lack of a better explanation, I shout at that sky of infinity and vanish into it in, in an instant. And they said, yeah, because our instruments can't measure that. And I said, well, why would it? Because the unified field, as we've just been sharing, is unnameable, is not bound, is not conceptual, and can't be measured. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that, that, so there we go. There's a little bit of an introduction. <laughs> wow, I love this, Alter. We have to get you on a call. Another episode we did recently was with my dear friend, Jude Curvin, who has a new best-selling book coming out, The Story of Gaia, and Donald Hoffman, who wrote the book, The Case Against Reality, Why Evolution Hid the Truth from Our Eyes. And it was so magical to hear this conversation between the two of them because you have Jude coming from a cosmological standpoint, the universe looking outwards in, and then you have Don from a conscious agent standpoint, the individual looking out towards the universe. And both of their theories, mathematical theories of consciousness, actually beautifully came together harmoniously. And I think that's really what you're saying is that we're all having, as Don would say, this conscious agent's perspective, looking into the universe, looking into what we consider to be the truth. Though I also love and would love your theory on this as well, uh, Stephen, about the holographic universe and how that all ties in. I've personally been a student of Kabbalah for about 10 years. 
And I love in a lot of the ancient wisdom and texts of the Zohar, they talk about how the upper realm is mirrored by the quote unquote lower realm, yet that's really everything, even as Bruce Lipton talks about in his book, The Biology of Belief and many of his other books, that really each cell is a microcosm of the macrocosm, just as each one of us is a reflection of the greater whole. Can you talk a little bit about that? No, sure, sure. So so if I if I look at that from the unified field theory and relate that to the holographic universe, then very simply, we everything that we directly experience through awareness, actually, we are experiencing the unified field, whether it's through a single cell or whether it's through multiple cells, whether it's through this body or through multiple bodies. So in fact, everything that we experience has a field effect in that sense. You know, if you think of a field effect, there is no boundary and there's no division in a field effect. And I think the um, one of the uh, experiments that was done by a um, by the head of actually transcendental meditation and the, and a quantum physicist, it was called I think the National Demonstration Pro- Project with John Hagelin, where they took four thousand advanced um, meditators in. Washington DC and showed how that field effect can actually reduce violent crime. Now it's the, so it's the same essence that if we have the entire world actually in that state of you know pure and limitless consciousness, the entire world is going to start to c- connect with all areas of the cosmos because our our world similarly we we sometimes I always look at the news and I think why haven't we got a holographic news channel that that actually speaks about the the effect that Earth is having on other parts of the universe and and of course vice versa? I was really curious the other day they were speaking about a supernova some some shift that happened in Betelgeuse and at the same time they were connecting it to a, a shift that happened on Earth in in 2019. So a lot of these. As you're well aware, we went into a sort of pandemic explosion uh, at, in early 2020, so or, or in 2020. So they were relating this. This was NASA looking at the what? connections. NASA between, saw the correlation between something happening in Betelgeuse and something happening on Earth. Which was something happening on on Earth. Exactly. They they were relating, you know, the the dual effects and just simply saying that Betelgeuse blew its top. And there is a, you know, a, a correlation. If you look at field field theory, it's going to say that any, what like the butterfly wings, any effect that I have with you, I mean, we can feel it, right? And everybody else that's listening to this can feel it. Right now, each one of you listening is having an effect on Jen and I because we're actually tuning into your field. You're listening, but in, but as well, you're generating a, a field effect. Your your hologram of your universe is actually interacting with ours and connecting and uh, actually sending and receiving information. And in fact, when you, you know, when you look at some of the areas that I've been fortunate enough to have some direct experience and insight into, so everything from, you know, uh, parallel being able to travel to other worlds, which you you, you know that story. I'm not going to go too much oh, into it here. Come on, but, you, you, know. you got to give us a taste of that story. That is my favorite. When I tell people about Stephen, I'm like, hey, he's the only person in the world who's in a constant state if he chooses to be of being. <laughs> but 
many people pay good money and try to seek out over a lifetime. And he's been to fairyland. So yeah, if you want yeah. to tell that story, I will not be mad at you. It's one of my favorite stories I've ever <laughs> you might, heard. You might be mad. That, that's good. Well, okay. so if, if we look at the field, so let's look at the holo, holographic universe in that term, that in fact, the 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 parallel the many parallel worlds or the many multiple worlds actually here and existent it's just that simply we don't perceive them right it's not a it's not that they don't exist and it's the same with the many multiple dimensions of physics that physics is uncovering they're only going to uncover wherever consciousness currently is at the moment so yeah we my wife and I the, the short yeah right right so we're only going to be it, it's it's fairly obvious if you're going to uh, rank it based on measurement and what you're currently able to measure, then whatever you're currently able to me measure will determine the extent to which you're able to perceive any kind of field. So the yeah in my in my case I um, so I've had lots of experiences with with ET connections with objects manifesting. I, I've had wonderful experiences with Sai Baba with sacred oils coming out of my hands with with pearls emerging out of uh, Kuan Yin statues with with direct telepathy or it, you you name it I think I've been fortunate enough to have contact with ETs and also travel to other worlds so in this in this case we my wife and I were traveling in a tour group up a glacier in New Zealand and we saw a particular gro grove of trees that actually were up hard up against a rock rock face or a cliff face so there was nothing else there there was just this bare very you know dirty looking group of shrubs. I shouldn't say that. The shrubs might get a bit offended with me because they were the portal. And then I just got this urge to say to my wife, hey, hey let's tell the, tour, the the group leader, we'll just head off for a second. So, I, I, and I'd been there many times. I'd never seen this path that just was there. So I just walked off to the right, said to the tour group, we'll be back in a minute. And we pushed through these trees, just the two of us, and then suddenly, and thankfully, my wife was with me. You know, otherwise, I tell this story and they say, surely you're imagining. And we suddenly go through the trees and we come out in a, this magical fairyland. So if you're listening and you've been to, you know, your best fantasy in Disneyland or wherever it is in the world, this was like a thousand times multiplied. It was like being in an absolutely magical fairyland with waterfalls and gorgeous. It, it, the, the verdant green was extraordinary. The trees looked like they were... You know, if you if you like Lord of the Rings, like some of those elven uh, worlds, it was actually like being right right in that. So I was I was there with my wife. We tried to take photos. We tried to use our, our phones. That nothing worked. Everything, uh, the the whole electronic system had collapsed. All the back, and our our watches were um, stopped at that point. We stayed there and we played, you know, in and out of waterfalls and other My wife said she never wanted to leave, so I had to drag her back. She's to this day she says, I want to, to I want to visit there again. The Tibetans ancient the Tibetans to call this uh, a bale or a hidden valley. And um so I'm definitely not the only person who's been there. There have been many lamas and, you know, great masters who've made the journey. I'm just humbly blessed by all these paths that masters have kind of graced me to find. So we spent at least a half an hour there, Jen. I mean, we were playing, sitting, you know, drinking, doing all that sort of thing, just enjoying ourselves. So we went back and the tour group had barely moved. They were, and they sort of looked back at us and, where, where have you been? Have you already been? Because, of course, about half an hour had passed for us. And they said, 
no, we just saw you vanish and suddenly you reappeared again. Where have you been? You know, we thought you'd gone for a kiss in the trees or something because I'd, I'd only just met my wife at that point. She, she, we, she, and, of course, both of us were full of this wonderful, you know, wonderland that we had been able to visit in the physical. It was just, it was just so beautiful. So I always think, you know, in terms of unified field, holographic worlds, if you generate, like, I, I truly believe love is the key. That that if you actually really this this heart has such an uh, amazing electromagnetic field, and of course we say, oh, with our measuring devices we can measure it to so many meters. But actually, if you drop into the unified field and drop into your heart and rest in that vast and infinite presence, you're going to be able to access ET connections, hidden valleys, uh, per <laughs> pearls popping out of pictures. Stephen, I want to give a caveat here because I think I shared on a prior episode with Marion DeMarco or one of the other episodes we did that I've had similar experiences where all of a sudden, dead sober, I say minus a few pan chocolates and croissants, not necessarily, this is not plant medicine induced, uh, just to be clear, no. like you're saying no. you are just dead sober, though mm. our minds, it's almost like a baby that has like a safety blanket, right? Like our parents are like, okay, here's the construct of what's safe for your mind to be able to absorb right now. And so certain people, they might take plant medicine and go on journeys and do all of this. And they're like, okay, I'm ready and able to receive this. But what Stephen is saying, he and his wife went through, and I've had similar, just beyond miraculous experiences where the world shifts and transforms before your waking sober eyes. That really is allowing yourself to kind of take off the blinders. Like imagine horses who are in the race, they have to only look forward. Otherwise they'd be so distracted by everything going on. And I think as human beings, we have our proverbial metaphorical blinders on. So that way we can feel safe, right? So we can feel safe. Totally. Absolutely. In fact, just speaking to those blinders for, for a few moments, our human nervous system, so when we look at, you know, if you look at a lot of the ancient practices that are that in a, in a fire, tumo practices, you know, Kriya Yoga using the central spine. In fact, the, the way that I was able to contact ETs and had a um, connection with ETs that was reported all over New Zealand that was witnessed by 30, 40 people, was on TV in the news, and was actually using this nervous system using the inner channel the sushumna the spiritual spine you know and thanks to many years with yogananda i was able to do that very you know very successfully with a friend of mine and and actually call craft connect to craft and and help people understand how to do that because when you look at it because you're talking about the the blinders when you look at it, we perceive ourselves as the body and, oh, the body's lit. It's got this, these limits and that, those limits. But if you look at any, you know, if you look at Deepak Chopra's beautiful work or Joe Dispenza's beautiful work or many of the, these one, you know, Bruce's, it, it, they're, they're all speaking about the limitlessness of our system. And when we look at it, the human nervous system is actually hardwired and designed and engineered to reverberate in that holographic universe, if, if you actually look at the fact that it reverberates in a structure of purity, we, we know when our nervous system is really in a, a very calm, still, just as you were talking about, you know, calm, still, pure state, then it actually starts to vibrate in that 
you know, totality and that structure of wholeness. For, for example, you look at the nervous system. It has got 192 ascending and descending nerve endings, which are known as reticular formations. And they are actually gateways to consciousness, every single one of them. We often say the third eye, you know, it's got to be through the third eye. Well, yeah, the pineal gland and the third eye and the crystals there actually help that. But the whole cerebrospinal energy in the... Uh, in a we know that if you pull that cerebrospinal energy uh, or, or fluid up, it actually impacts against the brain and it does create a sensation in the brain. It allows our nervous system, which starts to purr or hum or reverberate in a state of samadhi, which is what we've been talking about, with no external disturbance. That's one of the keys. You, you realize that you get... A, a whole access to that holistic structure, to that holographic universe or to the structure of unity itself. So the nervous system actually, with, with the right training, begins to resonate in the structure of the unified field. And since the unified field is unbound, it's limitless, right? It, it is, that's what emptiness really means. I love Mingyur Umshe, who I've studied with for a while, always says, you know, the, the empty, true understanding of emptiness is the infinite opportunity to experience everything, to experience the all. So the unified field itself is that limitless opportunity. It's when you say the, the ultimate reality of the universe, the field or the holographic universe itself, has no definition. It's got no boundaries. It's got no words. It's that pure silence and stillness and spaciousness. And we start to recognize that pure consciousness is therefore that which knows or is aware of experience, of our experience. You can do it so easily. When you have a thought of your breakfast now, if I say, think of your favorite food, then you can be aware of that thought. You also know that that thought of your breakfast, it comes up, it abides for a little while, and then it dissolves. So we know we're not that thought. So whatever it is that knows our thoughts feelings, sensations, perceptions, is not itself a thought. It's not a feeling or a sensation. It's the knowing. And it's that knowing which is that direct access to the unified field of the holographic universe. Most people completely ignore the presence of this consciousness or awareness or knowing in favor of the content of experience. Want to experience the thoughts, the feelings, the sensations, the perceptions, the activities, relationships, and they ignore the presence of consciousness itself. So that's, I always like to think of it like, I think Rupert Spira referred to this as the painter, you know, the painter of consciousness, that we're like a, a painter and, and awareness is the light that allows you to paint. I mean, the painter itself would never reject the light. The, 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 the beautiful soul who's spending a life painting in nature, she wouldn't overlook the presence of light because after all, without the presence of light, there'd be complete darkness. So you need both the darkness and the light. And most of us completely overlook that the, the light of pure knowing, this light of consciousness, which is actually illuminating our experience, this knowing when you're resting as knowing, is just like the sun. You're actually like the sun. Your, your real, true, pure being is like the sunlight, which renders all objects visible. So your consciousness or awareness actually makes experience knowable. When you actually start to realize that, you start to rest in the knowing. You start to realize, oh, 
Of course. I've been ignoring the recognition of this knowing, this knowing of the unified field, the knowing of the infinite possibility of life itself flowing through me in every single moment. And then you start to open to the infinite opportunity in every moment. You see, just like the creator that's flowing through you, you see the infinite opportunity in every moment. This one and this one. They're every moment's fresh. Every single moment. So the unified field itself is that limitless opportunity. It's when you say the, the ultimate reality of the universe, the field or the holographic universe itself, has no definition. It's got no boundaries. It's got no words. It's that pure silence and stillness and spaciousness. And we start to recognize that pure consciousness is therefore that which knows or is aware of experience, of our experience. It just requires us to see the world through fresh eyes. I think that's really the magic of it, is really realizing our infiniteness and our potentiality that we have access to moment by moment by moment, and not getting caught in the trap of the blinders, metaphorical, proverbial, or literal that we've put on ourselves, and to free ourselves, give, give ourselves access to the wholeness of who we are and who we are capable of being as human beings, and our superhuman nature, which reminds me, shout out to my friend Ariana Summer, who has a beautiful podcast called Superhumanize, which we have to get you on her podcast. She recently interviewed Bruce Lipton, and I've referred a lot of our other guests to her. She is beautiful. So shout out to my sister Ariana for her yeah, podcast. And definitely remind me about that, Stephen. So I know. Oh, I'd love to say hi to her. Hi, Ariana. It's just beautiful to connect. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing we're doing, Jen, right? That's the holographic and the unified field. Right now, we're connecting with Ariana. Ariana's connecting with us. All of you listening are connecting with us and Ariana. Ariana, you know, it's like it goes on. It's beautiful. It's like this web. It's this beautiful dynamic web. And speaking of which, Stephen, I know we wanted to do some small, like, attunement thing. I know we're almost out of time, but if you could give us maybe a Five minute taste. Five minute taste, I'd be delighted to. Okay. So just if you're with me, wherever you are, if you're driving, maybe you want to pull over for a few moments and just begin by getting to know your body and checking in with your posture. And you can close your eyes wherever you are and keep the spine straight and really relax the muscles in your body. And feel into your feet, feel the groundedness in your feet. Feel how just simply when you put your feet on the ground, you can be aware of this groundedness in your feet. Actually place them on the ground, push them in, feel your connection with the earth. There's a knowing of that groundedness when you do that. And then feel into your hands. There's a spaciousness in your hands, right? If you put your hands cupped in your lap, there's a spaciousness there. So be aware of the spaciousness. There's a knowing of this spaciousness. Right? There's a consistency here. There's an unchangingness. This is this knowing. And then sit a little bit more upright and be aware of the clarity in your upright spine. So you can be aware of the clarity. It feels clearer when you sit upright, when you imagine there's a string pulling your head to the ceiling. There's a knowing of that clarity. And just notice any sensations that are present. Whatever you experience, whether it's pleasant or painful or neutral, just let it be as it is. Just simply let it rest. There's no need to change anything. Simply allow your body to be just as it is. So there's just a knowing of whatever arises. You're still just, now you're really beginning to rest and relax as this knowing. 
What a wonderful opportunity just to be still and quiet and peaceful, tranquil, serene. You can be aware of everyone that's listening into this beautiful conversation right now. You're aware of a collective presence. So we can actually dedicate this for everybody. And you can rest in this open awareness, this open knowing for a few moments. And as you rest in this open, simply recognize the purity and perfection of your being. Just simply connect with the possibility of your open, pure and infinite being in absolute silence, stillness and spaciousness for just a few moments. Drop any impulse to control any experience and just be. It's the simple quality of being, the presence of awareness itself, the presence of knowing. Just notice that, this knowing quality, and simply rest in it. Resting in this knowing quality allows you to accommodate any experience that occurs. Just open up to the possibility of this pure knowing. Now slowly and gently open your eyes just a crack at a time, like a child in a temple. Just as Jen was saying, open your eyes to the freshness of this moment, with gratitude and appreciation, with love and awe, with delight and innocence and freshness. And as you go about your day, take time, moment by moment, just throughout your day, maybe first thing when you get up, perhaps last thing before you go to sleep, Maybe a number of times during your day. Maybe in those habitual moments when you're going to reach for your phone. Just simply rest back and take in the richness and the beauty of the moment. Of the pause, of the opening that the pause brings. And notice how everything happens within this pure and infinite and indivisible unified field. Within this pure, infinite, holographic field. And how every moment is an unbound flow of open, empty, and loving knowing. So thank you, Jen, and thank you to everybody that's listening for the exquisite blessing of your presence. I don't know how that was for anybody else, but I could actually feel and sense, Stephen, when you were sharing about the connectivity of all of us, I could actually feel and sense going forwards and backwards and sideways and every direction, just the consciousness of every person tuning in now or in the future. And it really is incredible when we connect to our indivisibility, the fact that we are all one, as we've been talking about with so many of our incredible guests on the show, my friend Jude Curvin, who we're co-collaborating on the Unitive Narrative Project Science is showing us we evolve to cooperate, not to compete, that we are all working harmoniously. And if we're willing to just shift the lens, shift the lens from one of competition and separation to one of unity, unification, oneness, our essence, our nature, 
Then as our friend, our mutual friend Deepak says, we are never alone. He has his project, neveralone.love, for people who are struggling with suicidal tendencies. And I think it is that sense of separation that is so incapacitating and crushing that when we think that that is real, when we think that our reality really is one of separation, distance, anxiety, depression, and if we can bring our consciousness as Stephen Altair just so beautifully showed to us throughout this entire experience, this episode, this attunement and meditation he just guided us so eloquently through, that will reconnect us to our soul's essence, to our unified soul. And in doing so, in those moments of deep despair and the destruction that's happening in our lives and our hearts, we can reconnect, repair, and pour that beautiful kintsugi gold to bring the broken pieces back together, not only of our own hearts, but of the world. Altair, Stephen, my friend, what a delight to get to be in your presence. I <laughs> could talk for hours. We decided we were soul and sister. <laughs> Equally. By the way, oh my gosh, we did one call. We could do a whole other episode on that where it started off. Hey, happy Friday morning. How are you? And the next <laughs> thing you know, we're talking about my soul tribe and the Palladians and my life purpose and the dark and the light. So please do check out everything this incredible human being is up to on the planet. If people want to connect with you, my friend, if they want to book a reading, find out about your courses, be involved in all of the miraculous work you're doing in the world, where would they go to do so? Mm, the, the easiest two places are either ltairlove.com, so A-L-T-A-I-R love.com, or raisingourvibration.net with Kevin Shaninger. We run a lot of courses, book, you know, have books, uh, meditation apps and and so it teaches course, all sorts of things so you can find us at either of those or obviously you can connect to me through Jen too well, so Jen, Jen what a blessing to do this with you though like you said soul brother soul sister rainbow rainbow light beings you know to, to everybody exactly to everybody out there love to the gorgeousness of your being as you're listening to the the rainbow light that you are to the incredible light body and soul power that you hold thank you thank you truly to you and everyone listening yes deep gratitude deep blessings deep gratitude to our mutual friend nina at resonant publicity who had connected us originally she is one thank of you, nina. the world's <laughs> biggest hearts in the whole wide world that one human being is better than the next and she connected us a few months ago and it was just kismet <laughs> and to our other mutual friend holly who we're very lucky to know holly's a yeah, wonderful thank you holly too. oh absolutely you know, so we just we love you all we wish you all miracles, blessings, and to be able to walk into the dimensions that your heart is calling you to go to, no matter where you go in life, may you open a door that leads you to new realms that offer you new possibilities and ways of being that help your heart's deepest desires become fulfilled. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show like Deepak Chopra 
and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.